Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. Recently, I watched a video online giving a strong warning against the Father and Son message. The video makes the point that if you don't believe that God is a triunity, then you are under a satanic delusion. Here are some clips from it. This message is about false tests. And my appeal is to members of my own church who are Seventh-day Adventists. The anti-triunity of the Godhead movement are making their views a major end-time test for the people of God. Friends, it's time to wake up and to avoid the devil's subtle snares. That's pretty serious. No one wants to be in the devil's snare. But is this a valid warning to make? Is believing in the only true God and His only begotten Son a snare of the devil? And is the identity of the God you worship of no importance in the end times? Are you really safe if you are keeping the right day but worshiping the wrong God? These are the questions we're going to examine today on Prove All Things. Hello there, I'm Nader Mansour and this is Prove All Things. The video in question today issues a pretty strong warning. It's a warning against three particular beliefs. These three beliefs are said to be a distraction from the enemy. Here are the first two beliefs mentioned in the video. First group is those who promote the importance, the utmost importance of a supposed 2520 year prophecy that is supposedly found in Leviticus chapter 26. Second group, those who promote the necessity of keeping not just the seventh-day Sabbath according to the commandment, but also the Jewish feasts. I agree with the speaker about these two teachings, the supposed 2520 prophecy and the keeping of the ceremonial Jewish feasts. These two ideas were never part of Seventh-day Adventist teachings and our pioneers actually spoke out against them. The Bible evidence does not support them, and they are certainly a novel and fanciful distraction designed to confuse people. But then the video talks about a third group with a particular teaching. And the third group is those who are against the triunity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is in reference to us. I, along with many others, belong to this group. We don't believe that God is a trinity or a triunity. The reason is simple. The Bible never presents God as a trinity. On the contrary, it affirms that God is one, not a composite and certainly not a triunity. I want to make a correction to a false claim that the video makes about our belief. It's a common misrepresentation of our position. Here it is. Those who promote the teaching that the Holy Spirit is not really the third person of the Godhead. So here is the correction. We do believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. This is an expression that comes from Ellen White. And according to her, it refers to the indwelling of Christ, the omnipresence of the Spirit of Christ, Jesus, the Comforter, the Spirit of Christ, the life of Christ, the soul of His life, the personal presence of Christ, the presence and power of God, and Christ's person the divinity of his character. The third person of the Godhead does not mean a different person to the Father and the Son. It's the indwelling of Christ. Now remember, this is not my opinion on the matter. This is according to Ellen White herself. The Bible already told us that long ago, where we were told 
that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of your Father, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of His Son, Christ in you. The emphasis on the Son is not to exclude the Father, for Christ said the Father dwelt in Him. The Spirit is the personal presence of the Father and Son, not a different person to them. Lumping all three beliefs together in the video may be convenient, but it is not accurate. The belief about the Godhead does not belong in the same category with the other two beliefs as the video suggests. You see, the pioneers of the Seventh-day Adventist Church rejected the first two false teachings, but they also rejected the idea that God is a trinity or a triunity. They believed and taught that there is only one God the Father, that He had an only begotten Son, and that they are personally present with the believer by their Holy Spirit. One of the key points the video makes is that our focus should be the three angels' messages and nothing else should divert our attention. This is true, but it is not just limited to preaching the Sabbath as many imagine. Here's an example. The point of truth that is the center of controversy in the end times is the seventh-day Sabbath. This is the big issue that will test both the church and the world during the coming Mark of the Beast crisis. There's actually more to the Mark of the Beast than Sunday and Sabbath. For more details, you can watch the study entitled The SDA Mark of the Beast. There is a danger in obsessing over the Sabbath so much that we miss the very point of the Sabbath. It is a sign that points to the true God, the one who instituted the Sabbath. His name is Jehovah. Here it is from Ellen White. The seventh-day Sabbath points to Jehovah as the personal, all-powerful God, the creator of the world. Manuscript 12, 1904. Jehovah is not a triunity or a trinity. It is truly tragic when we place so much importance on the Sabbath that the mention and preaching of the God of the Sabbath is labeled as a distraction and a falsehood. In our zeal for the Sabbath, we can end up destroying the whole point of it. We can start thinking that nothing else is as important as the Sabbath, not even which God we worship. Amazingly, the warning about satanic delusions is applied to those who reject that God is a triunity, according to the video. Satan is a master deceiver. He's much smarter than you, and he's smarter than I am, smarter than all of us put together. And one of the ways that he is working right now to absorb our attention is by creating side issues and false tests that divert us from the real test question. The idea being that the Sabbath is the only real test. Nothing in relation to the identity of the God who made it should be discussed. Any such discussion is said to be a diversion and a side issue. Let me tell you something. You can't preach the Sabbath without the God of the Sabbath. You can't worship on the Sabbath while ignoring the worship of the God who made it. The satanic deception is actually anything that is designed to keep us from knowing the true God and worshiping Him. After all, that's what the issue is all about in the last days. Here are some questions to ponder. Is knowing the true God of the Sabbath a satanic side issue? Is it possible to keep the Sabbath while rejecting the true God? What do you think would happen then? I want you to consider the Jewish nation as you think about those questions. Knowing the true God is not a side issue. It's actually an eternal life issue, according to Jesus himself. John 17, 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent.
This is what the first angel's message is dealing with. It's about knowing the true God and worshiping him. And the first angel also urges us to worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of waters. Now, if you examine the Ten Commandments, there's only one commandment that speaks of him who made heaven and earth. And that commandment is commandment number four, which is about the seventh day Sabbath. The point that the angel is making is about worshiping God. The description of God as creator is an identifying marker to point to God. We can't just focus on the Sabbath sign and ignore who it is pointing to. It points to him that made all things. By the way, him is one, not three. The God who instituted the Sabbath is of more importance than the institution he made. And even Ellen White indicates that our mission of declaring the three angels' messages must include preaching the truth about the identity of the God we worship. Notice, in the first angel's message, men are called upon to worship God, our Creator, who made the world and all things that are therein. Selected Messages, Book 2, page 106. If the Sabbath doesn't point to the true God, then what's the purpose of it? The worship of God can't be separated from the Sabbath. The God of the Sabbath is Jehovah. The first angel's message is given because people have forsaken the only true God himself, not just his Sabbath day. The only true God has been forsaken. His law has been discarded. His sacred Sabbath institution has been trampled in the dust by the man of sin. Selected Messages, Book 2, page 105. Jehovah, the only true God, is not a trinity or a triunity. The Bible calls him the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How long will people continue to forsake him for a mysterious triune counterfeit? God used the Seventh-day Adventist pioneers to establish his church with the correct knowledge of who the true God is. This was the foundation of our church. Every Adventist knows that God was leading the pioneers of our church in laying the foundations of our faith. Here it is from the church president. As the early believers who formed into the Seventh-day Adventist church studied the Bible, prayed earnestly for truth, and were led by the Holy Spirit, they discovered the biblical beliefs and pillars of our faith that we hold dear today. These dedicated pioneers in simple faith took the Bible as it reads, even when it led them away from some of the most widely accepted errors popular in the churches of that day. What popular errors did God lead them to reject? They all rejected the idea that God is a trinity. This is a well-recognized historical fact, but don't take my word for it. Here is church historian George Knight in Ministry Magazine. Most of the founders of Seventh-day Adventism would not be able to join the church today if they had to subscribe to the denomination's fundamental beliefs. More specifically, most would not be able to agree to belief number two, which deals with the doctrine of the Trinity. The pioneers would not be able to join the church today because of the Trinity. Why is that? Because this was one of the errors that God led them to reject. That error has now become a fundamental belief in the church that they established. The same thing was again admitted a few months later by William Johnson in the Adventist Review. Adventist beliefs have changed over the years under the impact of present truth. Most startling is the teaching regarding Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. The Trinitarian understanding of God, now part of our fundamental beliefs, 
was not generally held by the early Adventists. You see, God was guiding the pioneers of the church in their study. Under his guidance, they rejected the idea that the God of the Sabbath was a trinity or a triunity. That's how God raised up this movement. God has raised up this church, its leaders, and its lay members to fulfill his will as revealed in Revelation chapter 14. That's very true. Did God lead them to a correct knowledge of himself? Well, if they were raised to give the three angels messages, then certainly, after all, how can you give the call to worship God if you have the wrong God? You can't. God led them away from the false notion that he was a trinity or a triunity. So then, this becomes a big problem for us today. The church today is teaching a different God to the one who founded it. The difference is so vast that the pioneers of the church would not be able to join the church today. The video issues a serious warning against those who preach the God that founded the Seventh-day Adventist movement, the God of the Bible. Ellen White's warning against Satan's deceptions is applied to those who reject the Trinity, just like the pioneers. Listen. Very strongly warn Seventh-day Adventists not to be deceived by Satan, to avoid satanic side issues and false tests. It's really hard to miss the implication of that. There is a serious contradiction here that needs addressing. To say that God led the founders of the church, and we saw clearly that they were led to reject the Trinity, and to refer to those who reject the Trinity today, that's us, as deluded and deceived by Satan, is a contradiction. You can't have it both ways. You can't say God led them, but those of us who believe like them are led by Satan. That doesn't make any sense. If the warning in the video is true, then the pioneers believed a satanic deception, and at the same time, God was leading them. And they preached the three angels' messages while they had the satanic deception. It's an alarming thing to call God's leading of them a snare and a delusion. Today, much has changed. Rather than preaching the same God that the pioneers believed in and preached, the church promotes the Trinity. And any attempt to discuss or examine the matter openly is discouraged. And we've also chosen in this program not to debate the details of these theories because, uh, frankly, and I've learned this by much experience, that those who are convinced are convinced. Why not discuss the details? It's because of our study of these details that we are convinced of the truth. The evidence is all there and we are told to prove all things. A warning that is issued without any details or evidence to support it is nothing but a personal opinion. I could say that anything I didn't like is a satanic deception and I'm not going to discuss the details. No. Give me the details. Show me the evidence. Why is my faith in the God who led and founded the Adventist church and the pioneers a satanic deception? The video does affirm that God led these founders and it directs us to Ellen White's most important book. Just as God raised up the Seventh-day Adventist church to give the three angels messages to the world, he also raised up Ellen White and gave her prophetic messages to help keep his remnant people on track with their mission. In the book, The Great Controversy, which is perhaps the most important book that Ellen White ever wrote, deep concerns about the triunity of the Godhead, those uh, burdens are not in these final chapters. They're just not there. As a matter of fact, they are there, all through the book. 
The word God is used over 970 times in the book. Not once does it refer to a triunity. It only refers to one individual person. The name Jehovah is used in the book 22 times. It's always in reference to one individual, not a trinity or a triunity. The Great Controversy book upholds the true view of God that our pioneers had. Let me give you some clear examples. Christ, the Word, the only begotten of God, was one with the Eternal Father, one in nature, in character, and in purpose, the only being in all the universe that could enter into all the counsels and purposes of God. There is no other being besides Christ that has this privilege. No one in the whole universe. The only begotten Son of God alone has access to the Father's divine counsels. In the same chapter, we are told that Lucifer was next to Christ in honor. In other words, Lucifer was the third highest being in heaven before his fall. Despite his high position, he could not enter into the counsels of the Father like the Son did. The three highest beings in heaven before the fall were the Father, the Son, and Lucifer. When was the last time you read that chapter from the Great Controversy? When you read it, you will find that it totally demolishes the idea that God is a trinity or a triunity. Read it for yourself. And here is something from the last chapter in the book. The people of God are privileged to hold open communion with the Father and the Son. Not with a trinity or a triunity, the Father and the Son. And here's another one. And the years of eternity as they roll will bring richer and still more glorious revelations of God and of Christ. Again, not a trinity. God is the Father and Christ is His only begotten Son. This is the consistent message of the whole book. It's to help keep us on track with our mission to give the final message, fear God and worship Him. In closing, I want to make an appeal to Elder Steve Wahlberg, who issued that warning in the video. I want to express my appeal to you through your own words that you used. I want to make a higher appeal to consider the big picture, the big picture in the light of the clear counsel of God that has been given to us by our prophet. Elder Wahlberg, I want to invite you to consider the big picture. It's not possible that God led the pioneers of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but those who believe and preach the same God as them today are in a satanic delusion. Please study the subject in detail from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. This is not a distraction. This is the core issue of worship. It's not just limited to the day of worship, it actually extends to which God you worship. This is my appeal to you and to anyone else who truly desires to preach the three angels' messages in the way that God intended. If you have any questions, you can email us through our website in the link below. You'll find plenty of resources on our site to study this subject in more detail. Don't forget to subscribe and share this video with others. Till next time, remember to prove all things and hold fast that which is good. If you are blessed by this message, please share it with others. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through His Son, Jesus.